One of the greatest men in the word of God is the man by the name of Abraham. And Abraham is someone that you can find, obviously, through the book of Genesis, but also you'll find him throughout the scriptures and including in the hall of faith, which is Hebrews chapter 11, where you start to find all the great men listed. And Abraham's listed as the father of faith, the father of us all. We can go back and trace our, our ancient roots back to Christianity, back to Abraham. Abraham was chosen by God, and one of the things that God did was he revealed something important to him. Matter of fact, it was the first time God ever revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And that's something that's still a revelation today. God showed himself in many different facets and forms throughout all of um, history of man, but it was the first time God revealed himself, his name. Not that he is someone else, but another characteristic, another facet of who he is. And this Abraham grabbed a hold of that and lived his life with that. I want us to look at Genesis chapter 22. This is out of the NIV uh, translation, verse number one. And this is what it records. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. And he said to Abraham, uh, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. And he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up. And there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The title of my message this morning is God will provide. Hallelujah. Father... We love you. We're honored by your presence as we felt as we worshiped you. You are in this place. 
Yes, signs, wonders, and miracles come to those who believe, and we receive that in Jesus' precious name. We thank you, Lord God, that your word goes forth, Lord, now unhindered and unchecked by any demonic force, and that 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 is being preached today, Father God, goes into your people in a place of revelation, not just intellect, but past the place of the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotion, and into the place of the spirit that will unlock destiny, unlock purpose, unlock things that, are, that have been trying to, uh, trying to hold them back, so to speak, the barricades and things of this nature, Lord. But they would be free from those things because your word sets us free. And today we thank you for your word. We give you praise for it, Lord God. And we thank you that it's going to go forth with strength and power in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. I said the church said, amen. amen. All right. Let's go to work on Genesis chapter 22, and let's look at verse number 1 and see what the Lord would say. Verse number 1 says this, Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said, Abraham. And here I am is what Abraham replied. Church, this year needs to be a year of here I am. I believe this is a here I am kind of year. That God says, I want to save souls, and we say, here I am. I want the hungry fed, here I am. I want more prayer in this house, here I am. I want this church debt free, here I am. Whatever you ask of me, here I am, I'm yours to command. This is the kind of year that God expects total obedience from his people. No more wishy-washy. And God wishing that he had some people that were more washied, come on somebody, by the blood of the lamb, <laughs> his expectation being denied. No more. It's a year of here I am. Here I am is the response of the true disciple of Jesus Christ. That went dead real quick, praise God. Let me say it again. You can all preach back at me. It's okay. Amen. Because I believe that that's the... That, the mark of a true disciple is not someone who follows after their own wants and own desires, but actually has laid down their life to follow Christ. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? The day will come that he will say, they will come to me and they say, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. He's looking for the ones who will actually do what he asks. Jesus quoted the prophet Isaiah and said, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And unfortunately, that is the state of much of the church today. We got a lot of lip service, not enough hip service. And what I mean by that, a lot of people talking about what they need to do, but their hips ain't going to church. Their hips ain't driving to go when they're supposed to do. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on, church. You need to hype it up in this place this morning. Because I'm here to tell you, God's got some great things in store for all of us. But he doesn't want somebody who just wants to say yes and then not do. Look at verse number two. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Whom you love. Isaac. And go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. 
You can't get any more than a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Why was this called a test for Abraham? Because the very thing Abraham loved, what he prized, what he protected, what he provided for was being required by God. God was saying, take what you love the most and offer it to me. Church, somewhere in your life, God will give you something just to see if you're willing to give it back. And the question is, do you love the gift more than the God who gave the gift to you in the first place? And that is the test. And I prophesied and said that 2022 would be the year of the test. And much of that is now coming to pass. Do you love God more than the things God can give you? Isaac was the promise. He was the priceless possession. He was invaluable to his father, uh, Abraham. Abraham had waited for him for many years, and he was an old man. And now what God gave him through his own loins was going to be required as an offering. You see, God chose Abram. He chose when his name was Abram, not Abraham. His name Abraham means father of a multitude. So by giving Isaac would now cross-cancel the whole revelation of who he was to be a father of a nation or a father of a multitude. But God saw in Abraham back when he lived in the land of Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans, and God saw him and got out of him called, called a new lineage or a new race of people. God goes to a Gentile to start a Jewish nation. God goes to something old so he can begin something new. And that's what I love about our God. God is not afraid to take something that's old and make it new again. Somebody say amen. And such were some of you. Hallelujah. Statement that I want to make. It doesn't matter where you come from, how old you are, or how far you have come. When God wants to make something happen and you say, here I am, he'll turn your old into new, your weak into strong, your sad into glad, and your poor into rich. Somebody shout yes! But even faithful Abraham, the father of faith, even he became impatient when he was given the promise by God that he would have a child that would be a promise from the Lord and that this child would then have, a, out of him would come a nation. And it wasn't happening, and it wasn't happening. He's not getting younger, he's getting older. And when God gave him the promise, he was already past the, the time where he could have a child, especially his wife. She was past the time of the childbearing, the Bible says. She was old in age, and it had not happened yet. And they had a conversation that maybe we should help God. Be careful when you start to get to a place that you need to help God. God don't need your help. <laughs> I preach it to myself now. He was impatient and he wanted what God had promised him. So they made, they, they talked among themselves and said, why don't we go to our handmaiden, uh, to our handmaiden Hagar and, and, and she will have a child for you. Some people think that's strange that she would, uh, the, the wife of Abraham, Sarah would even suggest such a thing to lay and, and, and have sex with another woman. But in times of old, that was to bring, help to bring the shame off of the family by having somebody close to you that can have a child for you as a surrogate and you could put your name upon them and your, your lineage could go on so in that day and age it was no big deal but the bottom line is he does it and he lays with Hagar and she becomes pregnant and she has a child and there's a whole story that goes with that but suffice it to say that child's name was Ishmael and when the child was born God wanted to protect
protect Ishmael because he knew that he wasn't the rightful one, but God still wanted to protect him. But I want you to know something. Even after all that, God made it very clear to both Abraham and Sarah, Ishmael is not the one. I said that my promise would come out of your, your loins and out of your belly. It would not come from somebody else. Listen, when God makes a promise to his people, he's a deliverer on his promise. He don't back down. Somebody say amen. He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Whatever God says, it shall come to pass. And so God made a promise and said he's not the one. He's not the promise. And I want you to understand something. That's the problem. We still got Ishmael's in our life. Things that we have created out of our impatience. And now we got, by the way, Ishmael was the one who started the Muslim world. And then you have the Jewish world. To this day, there's still conflict between the Muslims and the Jews. Ishmael did his own thing. And we got so much that we've created out of our impatience that we designed. And now it's alive and facing us and causing us problems. You might have had an Ishmael partnership with an associate you thought you could have trust. You might have had an Ishmael relationship in your life with someone you love but broke your heart. You might have had an Ishmael marriage that ended in a bitter divorce. But I'm here to tell someone today, because you've had your Ishmael, it's a sign that your Isaac is on its way. Everybody say, my Isaac is coming. Now shout unto God like you got the victory. The word of God says that God takes away the first that he may establish the second. That's the mercy of our God. That's the grace of our God that when you mess up and you call sin in your life, God can forgive it and give you a brand new start. In other words, God can turn your mistake into an experience. He can turn your failures into get growing opportunities. This is what our God does. He's the God of the second chance. So God says in verse number two, sacrifice your son, Isaac, as a burnt Offering unto me. A burnt offering. The image of this Abraham must have had in his mind's eye of his son being burnt as a sacrifice. But it was not something that was uncommon to him. It was something he had done since his life, all his life. A burnt offering is called an irrevocable giving or an irrevocable offering. It's something you can definitely not get back. It's not like you can give it away and then rob a person later and get it back. It's gone. It's when you give with all your heart and you don't look back and you trust God in the process. And by the way, where was the offering to be given? Look at verse number two. Again, it says, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him. There's a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. God has a location in mind for your offering. The offering was given at a particular place, not just any old place. It was the place where God was to be worshipped. In the place where God had sent him, he had to follow the leading of God to get to that place. God said, 
Go to the region of Moriah and offer Isaac on a mountain that I will show you. God, first of all, says go. Everybody say go. When God speaks to us, the first thing he usually says is go. Don't ask me any questions. Don't try to qualify it. Don't try to get 14 people to agree with you. Just do what I ask you to do. Go, Abraham. Go and get prepared to give an offering to me. Then he tells him where at that point. Once he went, he tells him where. And look at your neighbor and just say go. Just say go. When God called my wife and I to Milwaukee, we were not from here. We're from Rockford, Illinois, but we uh, were part of a church plant in Beloit with my mom and my dad, and we were there for many years. And then God, supernaturally, I won't give you all the details right now, but supernaturally, called, it was a supernatural thing that he called us to Milwaukee. We didn't have anybody here that we could expect to show up to be a part of our church. We had a couple people in my little family. That was it. And we packed up and we came here to start this church. And out of all of that was interesting because I kept asking God where. All he kept saying was Milwaukee. I didn't know where to go. You know, Milwaukee's a big city, especially when you're coming from Beloit, praise God. And so where do you go? There's, there's the north side, the east side, there's the west side, there's suburbs everywhere. You know, it's expansive. It's just not, you know, 600,000 people here. There's over a million people, million point five people in the area. Where do you go, God? I remember one day he spoke to me on my deck. I was praying, asking God, where and all I heard was the south side but even the south side y'all is a big place where do I go and I'm thinking money because I'm going oh I know how much money I got so Lord you have to send me somewhere where I can afford it you know God never sends you anywhere where you can afford but what he does do is he requires you to walk by faith and not by sight and trust him somebody say amen amen And so that's all we had. And so we came to this place. And what we did was we got into the will of God. That's all we do is go into the will of God. And then God began to lead and God began to guide. Church, God doesn't need to give you specifics. He just needs your obedience to step out in the direction he's calling you into. All you got to do is get into the region of Moriah. Come on, somebody. You just got to get into the region. You just got to get into the will of God. When God sends you somewhere to worship him, it may not feel like a perfect fit yet, but you're in the region. You may not know all the people, but you're in the region. You may feel a little uncomfortable at first looking for your place that where you belong, but at least you're in the region of where he's called you to. I want to tell someone here today, you're not here in this church or watching this ministry online for no reason at all. This is the region God has called you to. This is the mountain he has sent you to. This ministry is your region and Faith Builders is your mountain And it's on this mountain that God has provided for you. I can't say that about any other church. I just know that you're not here by accident and you're not watching by accident. This is the place God has sent you to. This ministry belongs to God. This is his mountain. And on this mountain, God has already provided everything that you need. Verse number three says this. Early in the morning, next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. In other words, you can see he's got a made-up mind that even though I've been asked something hard to do, I'm going to worship God with my offering, even though the offering happens to be the thing I love the most. But the Bible says he loaded, in other words, he got prepared. He had a made-up mind and made preparations. 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what God's asked me to do. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. By the way, everybody say the third day. The number three, and especially the third day reference, you see that in the scripture, throughout the scripture, has spiritual significance as it speaks to the act of divine intervention and resurrection. Divine intervention and resurrection. I'm going to give you a few of them. There's, there's tons of them. You have the, the Bible talks about the sun, the moon, and the stars. You have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You have the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. You have three days and three days and three nights before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you have what we're in right now, Passover, Pentecost, and atonement. God works in areas of three, which is talking about perfection or completion. God is wanting to give Abraham a divine intervention and a resurrection. Somehow, inside his spirit, in his knower, he knows this to be the truth. Verse number five. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkeys. Now, donkeys in the New King James is ass. I'm not cussing. I'm just saying that's what it is. It's ass. So some of y'all might have that in your Bible or not. And, and it, it, he said, Bible says that he said, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Church, there are times when you need to separate yourself from certain people. Leave them with the ass. Come on, somebody. And get yourself in the presence of God. It's not that I don't love you. It's just that I'm carrying a burden you don't understand. I know you want to cut up and have fun right now. But I'm in a place in my life where I need some answers. I know you want my time. But I don't have time to waste my time. I've got to get to God and worship. I just need to worship him. You stay right here. I'll be back. I'm going to worship my God. Do we have some worshipers in the house? Come on. Come on. I know when things get tough, it's not a time to shrink back. It's a time to get alone with God. And sometimes you got to separate yourself from people who love you the most and say, I can't be with you right now. i got to spend my time that I've got with God so I can get to the other side. i got a burden I'm carrying. I don't understand what I'm going through, but I know my God has a divine intervention on the other side. I know my God will give me a resurrection on the other side. Verse number six. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And of course you see Jesus in this, the wood, the imagery of the son and being led to a slaughter. The cross on the back of Jesus being led as an offering. And the fire and the knife as the two of them went together Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Church, God will provide. I said, God will provide.
Abraham has a revelation that if you give God what he wants, he'll give you what you want. What did Abraham want? His son, his grandkids, his legacy. He wanted his promise. He knows that if he gives God this offering, the thing that he prizes, the thing that he protects, the thing that he provides for, God will give him a resurrection. Everybody shout, no loss. There is no loss. Verse number nine. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. An altar they built. And again, this was not unusual for them, but it may be unusual for us in our Western cultures. An altar was a permanent place that was chosen by God for his people to meet him. And they would build this altar where they could offer to God in a place of worship. Today, we build spiritual altars by making a decision to continually offer our time, talent, and treasure in the house of God. This church, you can look at it as one big altar because we're, we're now, the Bible says in the New Testament, we are living sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God. We have, a, we have this, this, this thing about us that we come together and we worship God in a place called a church, but really it's at the altar we come. We come at the altar. People would make pilgrimages to go to the altar they had built the year before, the month before, whatever they did, how many times they went to worship God, and they would go and make those pilgrimages. And that's exactly what we do all over the city, all over the area. We come from different places. And even now online, they come from different places to come to this altar because it's the place God has chosen for them, you, me, to worship him. An altar is the place of an open heaven. When we bring ourselves with our offering to God, it opens heaven over our lives. We see that in Malachi, but we also see it with, with Jacob and how he's running for his life and he ends up in a place called Luz. And there he makes a rock his pillow, which is really going to become his, his, um, his altar because the Bible says he anointed that rock. When he had a dream that the, there was a window open in heaven, a portal, and there was a stairwell that was going from, from the ground into the sky, into that, into that portal. And there he saw God at the top of the stairwell in that portal looking down upon him. And angels were ascending and descending. And there's where he saw God. And he said, the, all the days of my life, this is the house of God. This will be the place where I make my pilgrimage to come and worship you. And as I live, I will bring you a tenth, an offering of all that I have. It was the place of an open heaven. And in verse 10, it says this, when he reached out his hand and took the knife, this is Abraham now, with his son, he bound him to the altar and to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. From where? From heaven. The altar you make becomes an open heaven in your life. And that angel was able to come through that portal in that moment. And the angel said, Abraham, Abraham. And he replied, here I am. I think it's significant that my wife gets up here and says, remember two words, I am. Y'all didn't just see how God puts things together. The I am is asking where you am. <laughs> here I am, right? 
I'm following you. Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know. Remember the first verse started off, and God tested Abraham, and he's telling us the test. But the angel comes by and says, don't cause any harm. Now I know that you respect God. You fear the Lord because you have not withheld from me your son, your prize, what you protect and what you provide for your only son. God always looks to see if we'll give him what he's ultimately already given to us. Verse 13. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. So much revelation of that. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. I mean, I didn't want to get into all that, but it's an interesting study about the ram. And the horns. The horns is a place of dominance. How a, it's how a ram dominates. It, it, they'll take him. They'll and you've heard the phrase "locking horns." That's what a ram will do. They'll 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 they'll, shoot, they'll hit the ground and, and different uh, the the trees, and then they'll they'll attack uh, another male because a ram is a male sheep, and will attack and with their horns. It's, it it symbolizes dominance, whatever dominates, and. The Bible says that he was caught, this ram, by its horns in the thicket, this brush and, and briar and, and thorns. And he said, take that as a sacrifice. Church, God always provides. It's just that it's tangled up. God may provide, but he expects you to untangle it. Because what he's provided for you for, you may have other uses for it, but you've got to untangle it. You have to be the one to release it. You release your offering and God will give you a divine intervention and a resurrection. It's the test. Verse 14 says, so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. All the provision we need for this house has already been provided. It just needs to be released. Everything we need to take care of our needs, one day to pay this church off completely, it's sitting in this room or watching online. But it's people that have been directed by God to come to a certain place to worship him and to offer to him what we prize what we protect, and what we provide for. Either we do this uh, God's way or we do it our way. I want to do it God's way because divine intervention, resurrection, blessing comes as a direct result of it. Somebody say amen.